Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and paranormal. And it's my favorite time of year. It's Halloween season. And there is a doll that is my favorite haunted doll. Most people don't have favorite haunted dolls, but I do. And this doll resides in the East Martello Museum in Florida. And if you encounter this doll, this doll actually has rules. You have to introduce yourself to the doll. You have to ask permission to take his photo. And you have to say goodbye. Otherwise, something really, really bad could happen to you. And please be respectful if you do take a photo with this doll named Robert. Because Robert does not like to be made fun of. And my guest tonight would know a lot about Robert because she starred in Curse of Robert the Doll on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. And she also knows a little bit about horror because she happens to be the undisputed queen of horror. She is the beautiful and amazing Miss Sarah French. Sarah, how you doing? I am great now that I'm talking to you, Sarah. Let me tell you. Hey, happy early Halloween. That's right. This is our time of year, buddy. Yes, it is. And Sarah, I think this is your fourth time on the show, and I'm always honored to have you because for those of you who don't know, Sarah is the busiest person I know. She, When she's not working out and... um, let's say, dealing with local wildlife on the trails. She is either prepping for a movie, um, laying her expertise in on a movie, acting in a movie, (laughs) producing a movie. I can't keep up with you, Sarah. So I'm so honored to have you here. Aw, well, thank you so much for having me, Brian. And, you know, again, for those who don't know, Brian and I have known each other for years. Yes. I don't even know how many years it's been now. It has... I was trying to think of that today. At least 15. At least 15. It's wild. I know. Where's time go? I do not know, Sarah. It feels like I was talking to you on the phone when you were still living in Minnesota just yesterday. So this is just crazy to me. Oh, my gosh. Yep. It's just insane. And I'm very happy to be back. I'm so happy to have you back anytime because... People know I love Sarah French. I love you, my dear friend. So Uh, I got to say this, Brian, I don't know if I told you this, but um, so as some of you know, uh, I encountered a bobcat actually a few weeks ago while hiking in Griffith Park in L.A. And it just ran across the trail from me, just came out of nowhere. And he had to have been at least, I would say, 10 feet away. That was it. Oh, my God. And they're not that big. They're, they're, you know, they're smaller. They're actually smaller than, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, like, what do you call uh, them? Not a coyote? You're talking about coyote? Yes, yeah, yes. okay, there well, we go. They're about the same size, a, a little smaller than a coyote, but they're thicker. And it's just, it's just, just startled me because they're rarely seen in the wild, especially during the day, because they're nocturnal. So I was just like kind of shocked. I was like, oh, well, hey, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, between them and the snakes, the snakes. So I encounter uh, encounter rattlesnakes all the time. And about a month ago, I wasn't paying attention. I was looking like there was like some rustling in the bushes or something. And then there was like a cute little bunny. So I was like looking at him and walking and smiling. And then all of a sudden I step on something. Oh my god! And I was like, "Wait a second. It was, but it all happened so quick. My foot stepped on something, and something started to move under it. Oh and my I god! No, jumped like it had to have been like six feet, screaming. I turn around, and it was about a six foot rattlesnake. Oh hell no, Sarah! Did I tell you that? No, you didn't tell me this story. <laughs> I worry enough about you with the damn bobcats. Now I have to yep. find some kind of anti-venom thing for you. <laughs> so for those of you who love hiking and camping and all that, beware of your surroundings at all times. 
and and take Sarah French with you because she knows how to tame these. <laughs> you ever see Crocodile Dundee? She's like the female version. Oh my goodness! So there, <laughs> lots of real horrors. In yes. Real life. <laughs> and this is just one of her hikes. This is just one of her hikes. Not even a horror movie. <laughs> So, anyways, I, I had to share that with you. I'm, you did a kick out of that. I yeah, kick, and I would have kicked the snake too, and then ran my ass off. So, and I didn't get bit. Like I was really freaking lucky. What I think what happened was the snake was coiled up, and I stepped probably on its head or something. Oh my god! And then when I jumped away, it, it uncoiled and started just going towards the bushes. But he, he didn't lunge at me or anything. Not that I know of. See, to me, that would have spelled hike over. I would have been the hike, hike is over. You, no. You probably shook it off and were like, oh, no, the birds are chirping and just kept going, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was, you know, really shaken up and I was checking my legs to make sure I didn't get bit or something. And then, of course, I got closer to him to get pictures and videos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's still further enough a distance so he couldn't lunge at me, but... Well, I, by the way, just as a side story, once showed your video of a snake to my three-year-old niece, and then she was obsessed. She kept asking, I want to see the snake. So there you go, Sarah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you can see it on the videos. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> You, Wait till you get older to see it in person, unless you're at the zoo or something. <laughs> or unless you're with Sarah, because she's the snake charmer. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you... I've been dying to talk with you about this project, and you know this. We referenced it on your last interview, but we couldn't talk about it because yeah. you know how NDAs work and you know networks kind of are like, all right, stay quiet. Don't say anything about this. But now that it is aired, we can talk about it. So and you, I, yes. I believe it's still, um, it's still on streaming as well. Oh, for sure. So you guys can watch it now, too. Yes, watch Curse of Robert the Doll. It was so well done. Robert, I was familiar with Robert because Robert is legitimately my favorite haunted doll. And when I knew you were a part of it, that just, like, made it. One of my favorite people and my favorite haunted doll together on this special. It was amazing. <laughs> now it was, it was great. It was great. What freaks me out about, we're going to get into the history, but what, why Robert is my favorite haunted doll as opposed to like Annabelle, who is a close second, but Annabelle would move in her rocking chair and people would have dreams of Annabelle scratching her. But the difference is with Robert, he would physically move and yeah. run around and curse at people and tear stuff up and scratch and the whole deal. And that to me is the difference maker. That is just pure terror right there. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, he was, he, he came before Annabelle. Yes, absolutely. He the, Early. He's like the OG of haunted dolls. <laughs> See, I like that. That's exactly what he is, Sarah. He is the OG <laughs> of potentially demonic dolls. So, <laughs> I'm... Well, and, well yeah. and for those of you who don't know, I know you know, uh, Brian, but um, Chucky the Doll is based off of Robert the Doll. Yep, I've, I've actually... got the inspiration to to make Child's Play because of Robert the Doll. And it's it all makes total sense. And it makes sense that you're in it because what was your favorite movie growing up? Yeah, my <laughs> favorite... my Actually, one of my very first horror films... I ever watched was Child's Play. Yep. So, so full it, circle. So it all comes full circle for me. <laughs> Child's Play is what got me into horror, and it made me want to watch more, immerse myself in it. I love that feeling of being scared. I mean, I was five years old. I was just a kid watching Chucky mutilate people. <laughs> <laughs> and... It was just like, oh my god, just terrifying. I mean, yeah. Child's Play 1 and 2 are the most scary, I mean, out of all of them. I agree, life. I agree. I mean, the rest, of it, you know, they kind of just... They have a little fun with it, and, you know, yeah. but, but, but 1 and 2 were definitely horror-geared. 1 and 2, he's just, like, pure evil. 
Yes, agreed. And it's just, it's terrifying, especially watching that as a kid. And, well, I just wanted more. (laughs) and i remember how excited you were to get cast in this project and i was excited for you because this is just i think it's one of the best and most mysterious stories in all of the paranormal realm and for those of you who are unaware the otto family who lived in florida um they were, you know, fairly well off, and their son, Robert Eugene, received this doll, and a lot of experts believe it was probably for his birthday. Um, the history of this doll is a little split. Some uh, have professed that it's a, a handmade doll from a servant, who I believe was from Haitian descent, and she put a hex on the doll, but it seems as you know, they've kind of done more research into it. It looks like the doll was actually made by the Steiff company in 1904 in Germany. And being that Jean's parents were from Germany, it, it's very likely they brought the doll over and presented it as a gift to Robert, AKA Jean. And he just became fascinated with this doll and even gave the doll his sailor outfit and his name. So he's calling the doll now Robert and he wants to be called Gene, which shows the bizarre connection that grew between this boy and this doll. And what are your feelings Sarah? Do you think there, you think it came over and just had um, an infestation in it? Or do you think this servant could have put a whammy on the doll in terms of black magic and voodoo. And that's where the two met. I don't know. It's really hard to say. Um, Mm -hmm. What's interesting about the doll too, is that was the only one ever made. Right. The only one. So he was bigger than all the other dolls that they had too. Yeah. And this is a Um, large doll. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. It, it, it could go either way. Right. Um, but by Robert giving or I would say, I should say by Jean, by Jean giving Robert the doll, um, by naming him, by dressing like him, mm-hmm. right, he's, he's almost giving him this power. Right. Right. I agree. So it, 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 it's whether there was something in it from the, you know, the voodoo or, you know, whatever the case was, um, he's already kind of just giving it power. So, right. And, and that clearly grew because as their bond grew, um, not only would servants see this doll move and we're talking physically like walk up the stairs. Um, the parents, yeah. And the parents were very disturbed by the relationship and how despondent, that Robert, a.k.a. Gene, became with the doll. And even one night, Gene himself was freaked out by Robert because the parents heard the room basically being ransacked. And Gene is terrified in his bed. And the parents, you know, run in and they're demanding to know what happened. And he could only say, Robert did it. Robert did it. I mean... That says a lot right there that something very peculiar was going on with this doll. Oh, most definitely. We're <laughs> <laughs> questioning. Like, yeah. Okay, something's weird. Something weird's going on. We need to get rid of this thing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they obviously they were not fans of this doll. They've tried to, you know, put the doll away and conveniently the doll would always find a way to get out of the confined headquarters, you know, that they would put it in. Or if they would put it in one room, the doll would end up in another room yeah, all on its even, own. Even like the, the neighbors and the people that lived on the street, when they would walk by the house, they would see um, the, the doll moving on its own and they would always feel like they're being watched. And, it, you know, everybody kind of knew something was going on in that house. And the neighborhood children were afraid of it because it would be on this rocking chair and they would not only see the rocking chair move, but Robert himself would distort his face and look angry and almost like Mm -hmm. purposely trying to terrorize these children. 
Yeah, and I'd say he did a pretty, pretty damn good job. <laughs> <laughs> so we will. I agree. Gene for himself, that's for sure. <laughs> so we'll fast forward in the story a little bit. Gene grows up and he becomes uh, a relatively well-known artist, and he meets Anne, who you play in the show, Anne Otto, uh, after she marries Gene, and um, give a little bit of. Um, history into what Anne's experience was in the house and then we'll get into the production side of it but uh what happened to Anne yeah well Anne um they originally I believe they met or they got married overseas right and um Jean's dad died so they had to go back to Key West and kind of take over the house so um Anne before she met Jean she was a uh a she was starting to become famous. She was classically trained pianist. Like she was very, her career was starting to take off. But then once they had to move back to Florida, it kind of started to just, you know, stall because she had to now focus on family, focus on the husband, focus on the house and, you know, kind of have her career, um, take a back step. Right. Anyway. So, um, but, so I can see for Anne, it was hard probably for her, you know, to have to do that because her career was starting to take off. And, sure. You know, like that would be really, that would be hard. That would yeah. Be hard. Yeah. Similar um, to like Princess Grace, same story. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and now she's stuck in this house in this, in this city that she doesn't know much about. And, you know, and now she is her husband. Actually, she finds the doll. Right. Um, if you watch, when you guys watch the show, you'll see she finds the doll because they're going through some of the old stuff and you know getting rid of some things. And um, so she goes up, she goes up to Jean and she's like, "Hey, look what I found!" And he's, and then he remembers Robert because he put Robert away. It's been years since he's seen him. He's kind of forgotten about him. Um, and it's and like, then it all kind of starts up again, and it starts all over again. Yeah. So it's like this bond was dormant for all these years, like out of sight, out of mind. And then you'd almost have to say there was some kind of paranormal, you know, uh, recollection because it was like the bond was right there again. And he started acting weird again and reclusive and almost, I'd say isolate, excuse me, isolating Anne, right? Yes. Well, and he isolated himself and, you know, she didn't really know what to do. I don't think. And it, it just, it, became a major strain on their marriage. Um, and even when they would have friends coming over, like the friends could see that there were issues and problems. And, um, you know, there was, there was definitely something going on. Right. And then he, I mean, it was kind of reminiscent of like, uh, Jack Torrance from the shining. He was clearly being affected by the doll. Definitely. And, you know, and playing her was, it was really an amazing thing to be able to bring to life her character because, uh, you know, when I read the script, you know, I felt her pain. Yeah. I felt what she was going through because that would be, that would be such a tough situation and putting myself in that, in that spot. Well, especially you being an actress, you would, you could relate being an artist. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so I really, I really felt for her. I could feel the anger. I could feel the frustration. I could feel the sadness. You know, that's her husband. She loved him, but she didn't really know what to do and how to handle the situation. But she stuck through it. She stuck with him. And, you know, till their final days, they were together and married. And I, I, I mean, they didn't die too far apart, which is no. pretty amazing. And she kept Robert in the house even after his, his death. Yeah. Yep. And then what was interesting is in 1974, when the house was sort of rediscovered, a family, of course, discovered this little girl discovered Robert. And she was then terrorized by Robert and you know, the cursing, the, you know, the, the tearing up the room and, you know, the facial expression. So it wasn't just, you know, the Otto family, (laughs) it was whoever came in proximity to Robert and in any way disrespected Robert. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really an interesting story. Just the whole, 
you know, the history and, and what happened since then and what's happening now. I mean, now he's behind a glass in a museum. And like you were saying in the beginning of the show, you have to do certain things or else he's going to haunt you and bad things are going to happen. Well, what was in, what was interesting to me is that you are a paranormal badass. You have extensive experience, you know, investigating. It's, it's more of a, it's not extensive. It's more of a hobby. No, you do. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy it. It's, you know, just learning the history about places and things and, you know, people and, um, and then, you know, what's going on now. And, and I really enjoy, you know, the unknown yeah. Unknown is, it, it's so fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. Well, what was interesting to me is I believe someone had asked you, well, would you go visit Robert? And you hesitated. <laughs> and you are this person that you delve into all this stuff. What, where did the hesitation, you know, get spawned? Was it doing the story? And you're like, well, I don't know if I want this energy near me. Honestly, I, I'll tell you right now, I would not go. Look at that. And this is, again, people, this is somebody who has been to haunted, you know, yeah. uh, mental institutions. This is somebody who has done her own investigations. And you are saying you would not go visit that doll. I just, I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to take those chances. I just, it, it really freaks me out. Was <laughs> did, it, did it freak you out actually seeing the production's reproduction of the doll i gotta tell you <laughs> yes well the whole thing is just really interesting how i even got the part oh trust me this is our next thing we're gonna get into that i want to hear yes. the whole story um <laughs> i want to hear i want to ask you one question and then we're going right into the production side because there are stories here and by the way you did a phenomenal job like seriously oh, i was so proud you. of you phenomenal job um, so I want to ask you with all this, you know, they, they brought a psychic on in this show and the psychic's conclusion was, I believe that Robert is essentially a portal and it's all in the way you approach Robert. So you can have a positive experience, quote unquote, or you could have a negative experience depending on how you approach these entities. Do you feel that there are multiple entities and Robert is a portal or do you think it's one malevolent spirit inside the doll? I'm just curious for your opinion. I mean, honestly, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way people um, react to him and the way people give him all this energy and attention, I feel like he could easily be a portal. I mean, yeah. It, there, there could be multiple, um, you know, energies behind him. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I wouldn't rule it out. Let's okay. That way. That's. What do you think, Brian? I was leaning toward one entity, but I, I did have to say, like, after the psychic said that, that kind of opened yeah. my mind. I'm thinking, well, maybe it is several, and that's why some people have positive experiences. And some people have very negative experiences. It the key seems to be respect this thing when you approach it, because if you don't, you might have opened hell on earth for yourself. You know. Now, now, would you go visit Robert? I would go visit Robert, and I and I want to go visit Robert because <laughs> I'm that idiot, Sarah, who will do those things. <laughs> well, now here's my question: is um, just a little side a side note. Uh, the Warren's house. Yes. Is that is that still open for um, visitors? Uh, tours. Apparently, it is, and I have reached out to. Oh God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. You know, the son-in-law. Um, he's okay. he's still running the New England uh, Paranormal Research Society, and oh. I believe they still do allow people in there for a tour. And I really want to go there. Now, are are a lot of and the artifacts and everything are all still there, right? They're, they're all still there. And you know what, Sarah? I'm kicking myself because around the year, I think it was 2001, I actually wrote to the Warrens. I got a handwritten letter from Lorraine back saying, sure, you can come tour. 
Um, you just have to bring like five people with you because, you know, we like to do like an hour tour and we don't recommend you coming alone. And I, somewhere in all my junk, I have a handwritten letter from her talking about the museum, you know, cause it wasn't as well known then. Amazing. I will have to but find it. <laughs> you know, I've, that, that is also another place I don't think I, I'd go. <laughs> that's cause you're smart, my friend. I get it. <laughs> You don't want to go knocking on Annabelle's glass? No way. As, as much as I love this, it, it scares the crap out of me because I've actually seen and felt and, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, you've been scratched. Heard, you've I've been scratched. felt and heard things that were mm. unexplainable and it just it just really freaks me out. No, I think your story from, I believe it was the... Um, the asylum, the right? With you, the cemetery with you and Joe, right? Yeah. Well, that I went to the cemetery because we we're doing like this. Um, we're doing. We were trying to get this pilot going for like this ghost girls thing, mm-hmm. where we would go visit. The three of us ladies would go and visit um, haunted locations and you know do investigations and stuff. And the cemetery we went to, um, there was some. There was an entity there a dark one that would follow you home and people would wake up at 3 a.m. with a burning sensation on their back. Of course it had to be 3 a.m. Right? It's like, I don't know what it is, but, and then they would look the next day and they'd have scratches on their backs. And that's when, you know, something, you know, followed you home and you got it. You have to clear, clear that shit. (laughs) <laughs> you you absolutely do perfect advice i um yeah go ahead no no that's it was in once that happened because that happened to me after we left i got home just relaxed you know went to bed it was pretty late and it was 3 a.m i wake up i'm i was i was half awake and my back was just burning and then, but then I fell back asleep because I was so tired. And then I woke up the next morning and I looked in the mirror and I had scratches on my back and it was just, it was terrifying. Uh, and I, it's just one of those things. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I get it. You know what? Honestly, like that, uh, that would scare the shit out of me too. The whole attachment thing. Like that's, yes. that, that's real. Like this, Ghost Adventures is great. I love that show. I love Ghost Hunters. I love all those shows, but it really, you know, for for inexperienced people, it could be a very dangerous thing if you try to meddle in that. You're so right, you honestly. Do, you don't do the proper things to protect yourself. I I just had a girl on last week whose house is extremely haunted and she has an attachment and it's yeah. it's very real and it's very scary and that's I mean essentially what Robert can be to people who approach him the wrong way and start making fun. Then they get home and their lives go to total shit to the point where these people who were treating it as a joke before then send letters to the museum, begging his forgiveness and asking, can they make peace with Robert? Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yes. It's it's really, it's wild. And like you said, you, you know, your big point and I agree with you is like, even if you're, let's say you're on the side of being a skeptic, why even open the door to something really bad happening to you if, yeah. it, you know, so just approach it with respect. You know, and that's what I don't get from even skeptics who just make a joke out of it because why even attempt that? Right. You know, yeah. I. 100%. I always uh, see this is the thing. We're going to have to have another episode of just your, your experiences. Cause I, I, I know a few of your stories and they're all freaking awesome. Um, so I want to talk about your production side of it, how you got cast and the whole bit. So let's, let's do it. Um, let's start with you getting cast. Let, let's fill uh, everybody in. Well, so, you know, this is why I tell people as an actor or artist or whatever you do, you don't give up. You keep fighting and you keep at it because good things will come. It just, sometimes it takes time, you know, um, nothing happens overnight. And it was, so I was, I just got back, um, 
from out of town and uh, I got an email and the email popped up and it said, uh, you know, they're, uh, this production company is casting for um, a female in her early 30s and it basically everything described me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to um, uh, apply for this and hopefully I can get an audition. And, and they didn't talk about the show. They didn't say what it was, nothing. So I was basically going into a blind. And then, um, and then uh, soon after that, I got another email that said, the audi- uh, they, they asked for an audition. And then they talked about the show. And the show, it was about a haunted doll. They didn't say exactly what it was, but all I saw was haunted and doll. And I was like, <laughs> you were already in. This is right up my alley. <laughs> so what they wanted in the audition was, um, they said, uh, basically what they needed was they needed a one minute clip of me telling a story, but acting the story out about, and with that being scared, being frightened, um, and, and basically you have to give all these emotions in this one minute clip but also come up with a story. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a lot to do. And I was getting ready to fly out to Puerto Rico the next day. uh, For another shoot. (laughs) To to finish reshoots on a movie. And I was like, okay, so I have to do this in less than 24 hours. I have to come up with the story. I have to act it out. I have to shoot it. I have, I mean, like my mind was just, mush (laughs) but that's one thing i noticed is when i'm super stressed out that's when i do my best work it's really crazy i know i get it i get it (laughs) um so luckily my boyfriend he's a really great writer so i went to him and i was like okay jump you have to help me come up with a cool stories a minute long nothing more than that that you know i can show all these emotions and this and that um and, you know, give a good performance. So he came up with this really cool story and he hands it to me and I look at it and it's a page long of dialogue and everything. A page. I'm like, um, this is going <laughs> to take more than a minute. <laughs> and I have less than 24 hours to memorize it. And it was like, it's basically. See, like, you're good at that. I'm awful at that. I always needed time as an actor to absorb the script. You're really good at that. It's, but it's still, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it I is. Mean, oh Cause you God. have to bring the emotion after you memorize it. Then you have to emote yes. and absorb you gotta, it. You gotta, you, gotta cre- you gotta create a character. You gotta create some sort of a, you know, a backstory to help you. Sure. Sure. Um, but luckily Joe, um, he did some research on Anne and the, the story and the doll and we incorporated all of that into it, which was great. And so I'm trying to memorize this at night. So I'm memorizing it. The next day I get up, I go hiking. That's when I do my best studying is on the trails actually. And, and I'm like, there's just no way I can do this. I just, I don't have enough time. I haven't even started packing for Puerto Rico and I'm leaving that night. Like it was just one thing after another. (laughs) And so I get home and I'm like, okay, I don't have it fully memorized yet, but I got to do it. If I don't do it, I'm going to be, I don't know what could have happened. And Joe, he pushed me. He's like, you better do it. I didn't write that for nothing. <laughs> right. right. I'm like, thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Joe. <laughs> thanks. So I set everything up. You know, I, I did the, I did, well, I got ready. I tried, you know, doing my best, you know, 40s look that I could and set everything up, did the audition. And I, I just, I wasn't feeling good about it. I was like, oh, I could have done better. And I was just kicking myself and I was like, screw it. You know, I, I, whatever happens, happens. It's, I can't be kicking myself over this. It's, I did what I can. I did it and turned it in and guess how long it was. One minute. The audition turned out to be five minutes long. Good for you. Look, you killed it. No, but then I was like, are they even going to watch this? Are they going to even going to accept this? And I was like freaking out about that too. I was like, all right, you know what? I gave them the best I could and then sent it. And that was that. So I packed, left for Puerto Rico, 
I did my thing there. I was gone for like a week. Came back. I had another shoot for a comic book cover, and uh, which was a lot of fun. And um, that night I got home and I got an email that said, congratulations, you got the part of Ann Otto. Amazing. And I was like, oh, my God. I was freaking out because, Brian, I was just like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. Just no way. And then they sent me all the information. And I was like, this is so freaking awesome. I get to be on a TV show about a, a, a haunted doll, Robert the Doll. And I'm a huge Chucky fan. I'm a huge uh-huh. horror fan. Like, this is every horror fan's dream. And you get to speak on camera, which some yeah. of those shows, which is even better. Yes, yes. I, you know, I got some, I got some really great scenes. It was, I mean, the shoot was just awesome. Oh, you were and, phenomenal. Uh, no, you really were. You were fantastic. Thank you. It was, it, I just, I really loved portraying Anne and I just again like I was saying earlier I really felt her pain and her frustration and because you know that that would be tough it's a tough situation to be in you know Um, and I love like you aesthetically you fit that time period I thought like I loved the hair and the wardrobe you just like because not everybody can play that you have to have a certain I guess universal look where you can do those time periods some people can't you really fit that time period like you looked fantastic oh thank you i mean the the wardrobe was amazing the hair and makeup they all did such a great job and it was a big production too um we shot it in because it all takes place in florida but obviously we're here in la so they were able to find some really awesome um victorian homes that they shot in and there's this there's this place in pasadena where there's like a whole block of these beautiful Victorian homes that you can rent. I believe it's called Heritage Square um, Museum. I think that's what it's called. But I'll write that down. They do, they do like they do like all sorts of events there throughout the year, and it's it's no one lives in the houses. You can rent them and shoot in them, and have you know just kind of do whatever you want. With right. Them. Um, and you know that's the nice thing about living in LA is if I lived anywhere else, I wouldn't be getting these opportunities. That sure. No, I get it getting for, you know, since I moved here about eight years ago now. So I'm very grateful, very grateful. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of you because I, I remember your early journey. We had conversations and I've seen the work you've been booking. It's just been like, boom, boom, boom. And it's, Every- it's, it's, it's the, the location and the, you know, you either have to be in, I mean, I guess, you know, more and more places are shooting more, but it's LA, yeah. um, um, Georgia, uh, New York, mm-hmm. um, New Mexico is starting to be, you know, a, a hub too. Um, but it's, you know, it's good to be where the work is. You have to be. Now, were the producers after they had cast you, did, did anyone mention like, oh my God, she has, she's like the queen of horror. Look at all these horror projects she's done. I'm to tell you something crazy, the other crazy thing about this. So um, when I got all the, when I got the call sheet and everything, I was looking up who the director was and everything. And um, I saw the the director's name was Brian and I was like, <laughs> oh, we're shady. I'm trying to say it his last name it was brian nat, nat miller okay right familiar and um so he writes me uh he just say hey welcome to the project blah, blah blah and then he he wrote me and he said welcome to the project hey we work together on <laughs> of course previous show um like six years ago called in ice cold blood i did it, it was like another recreation show yeah and he was my director on that. Now, what a small world. No, it is. Of all of the productions that are going on daily and all the people that work in this industry, I mean, there's thousands. Right. I could not believe it. I mean, is that's another sign it was just meant to be. Like all the pieces just came together organically. Yes. <laughs> and then, I, then I, the day I got to set, um, he's like, Sarah, it's so good to see you. Give me a big hug. And, um, it, you know, we caught up a little bit, but... It was it was just such a cool moment. I'm like, I am so happy to be here. And then because he knows I'm a big 
horror fan and I do a lot of horror films. And, um, what's funny is in one of the scenes we were shooting, it was the, um, the closet scene where I get locked in the closet. Oh yeah. That was a freaky one. And it was, you know, a very highly emotional moment. And I get in the closet and he's like, and this is what he says to me. He goes, okay, do your thing. <laughs> See, I was like, I got you, Brian. Thank see, you. And that's and that's something you can't tell every actor just go ahead and do your thing. You have to have yeah. trust that they know how to bring it. And guess what? You brought it. So hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, it's just it's been such a thrill to watch you because you're you're just your trajectory is just like a rocket ship. And oh, thank do, you, Brian. Do, do you feel like your work on on Blind and which I still I just I love your character in Blind and you oh, know you. P- playing these very um, complex characters with these situations were you able to bring that into the Robert production? I certainly think oh, you 100%. did. Yeah, absolutely. It a hundred percent. I mean, I, I was ready for it because, like I said, you know, it's it's. Um, it's a highly emotional thing what Anne was going through. Yeah. So yeah. it was, you know, kind of like a roller coaster of emotion. So um, I definitely, definitely brought it and felt it. And um, and the actor that played um, Gene, Gene. Mm-hmm. did such a fantastic job as Gene. And he, this was actually his first on camera speaking role. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Aaron. He was, and he, he was, he was so nervous. I remember <laughs> talking to him about it and I'm like, it's okay. It's, you know, it's going to be See, you right. were the, you were the pro on set. You're, you're the, you're the veteran horror guru on set with all these projects and, uh, they were lucky to have you. Thank you. I mean, everyone did such a great job. We had a huge crew. We had a, you know, decent sized cast and, you know, um, everyone really brought their A game and it was just so much fun. Oh, and I do have to mention, so, uh, the doll that we had for yeah. that shoot yeah. looked almost identical to Robert the doll. It did. It did. He was he was same size, same look. They did such a great job building him. And actually, the puppeteer, the main puppeteer, was Jim Henson's son. Oh, now that's awesome. Yep. I so that I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, that's Jim Henson's son. Are you <laughs> crazy. It's Kermit the Frog. It's, uh, you know, all these iconic characters. That's amazing. And So that was really, really cool to have him on set, too, and watch him work and do his thing. And, um, you know, it was it was really a great experience. And, you know, just for the record, were there any stories of that doll moving, you know, when, when, when the no, camera but cut? I do, but I do have to say I treated the doll with nothing but respect. Smart. Very smart, Sarah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like before, so there were times where it was just me and Robert just hanging out in a room. <laughs> we were like shooting in the other room and I was just waiting and chilling. I was like, okay, don't look at him. Don't look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but then I tried, you know, bonding with him a little bit and holding him and just to get a good feel for him. Cause I was rough. I'm rough with him in the show. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Hey, Robert, I would, I would just, I, would, I, you know, I just had to, I'm, I, I'm just, this is just acting. You're a great, great, great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> very wise. You're very wise. You know, well, you know what? I mean, you are part of the Robert story now. They're probably going to play this special at the museum on a loop. So you're part of it. Know. You know, you're, you're now part of the story. So you're not, you weren't off base at all. You know, the, the spirits might've been watching over that, that were attached to Robert just to make sure that that goes right. You know, of all the stories on movies like that, like the exorcist where things start happening because you're, you're stirring up that energy. So I think you were very wise to, (laughs) to have a very respectful attitude. I'd rather be safe than sorry. There you go. (laughs) So who took the doll at the end of the production? One of the uh, prop people? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure where he went, but but I'm guessing so. Whoever made him. Actually, the, the, the puppeteer or the doll, the art department who made him. So what was your favorite day of shooting on set? What was your favorite scene? What was your favorite day that you shot? 
I really loved, um, I really loved the closet scene. I did too. It reminded me of the Amityville horror when the, you know, she gets locked in there yeah. with like, that gave me that same vibe. But I love, I love, cause it's, it, it felt like a classic horror film. How it, it did. It did. You know, walking down the steps, hearing something, being cautious, you know, um, and then not being afraid, saying everything's going to be okay. And then you open the door and then, um, I don't want to give it too much away. Right, right. I got you. I open the door and something, something bad happens. And then there's a highly emotional moment. And then, but the next morning I wake up and my husband comes looking for me. He opens the door and finds me just disheveled. And, and I'm screaming at him and hitting him. And I'm like, why did you not open the door? What happened? You know, why didn't you come find me? I was screaming and yelling all night. And then his answer is, it was Robert. So it was, Boom. it was just a really creepy moment. It, I just, I loved it. I was like, this is what I live for. This is, this is, I love this shit. <laughs> and that's why I love you for that exact answer. <laughs> it probably took you a while to come down from that though, because, you know, most of the time that is not a one take deal. You have to be in that state for a while and they're, oh, yeah. you know, they, they switch camera angles sometimes and you're, you're doing this over and over. So not an easy scene to do. No, no. And, but the camera crew, they were all on point, really great guys. Uh, the whole team was just awesome and they were fast and efficient. And, so they, they did a really great job. And how long were you on set for? Like, what was your tenure on the show like in terms of your shoot days? Um, it was really only a, a couple days, but um, I would say eight hours, eight hour days. They were actually not bad. Wow, that's great. That is, yeah. uh, you and I know that it can be a lot longer sometimes. Let's put it that way. Oh, it's always hurry up and wait, but but they. How they, they <laughs> Hurry up how and they wait. Yep. Shoot it, how they block shooted everything. It was perfectly scheduled. So, um, you know, I I don't think I got there too early either. It was it was not bad days. I am thrilled to hear that you deserved that. A nice, <laughs> you know, as easy a day as can be yes. possible in a film production setting. You deserve that, Sarah. <laughs> Hey, we've all been there where I don't, uh, back in the day, way back in the day on no budget films, 20 plus hour days. So I've paid my dues. You have more than paid your dues, which is why you've earned the right to be picky. And I want you to be as picky as you want to be. Yes, that is the goal and the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I can't believe we've been almost 50 minutes already. You believe that? I know, it's crazy. It feels like we've been talking for seriously 15 minutes. That's how much I love having you on and love talking to you. Um, oh, and I'm going to well, beg you. There's always something fun and interesting to talk about. I, oh, I'm begging you. I'm going to beg you to come back. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what is the latest project and where can people find you? I want people to be following Sarah because she's amazing. She's interesting. And you just, you're, you're not going to believe what this woman does in just one day. Oh, you are just too sweet. And um, I mean it. Well, we actually, we actually just got back from Vegas. Um, a week ago, we were screening our new film space wars. Yes. Space wars. I'm so excited for that. And, and that was not horror guys. That was not horror. Nope. <laughs> I don't just do horror, but it, it is my forte. I love it. Um, that was a fun space adventure film starring Michael Prey, myself, Olivier Grenier, um, a lot of great people. Um, that one that we just uh, we just had a screening for in Vegas because our director, Otto Setian, who I worked with on automation about four years ago, another fun like killer robot type film. Um, that's where we met actually. But um, we uh, this one's a lot of fun because I get to do a lot of st my own stunts in it. I get to play like this badass character who just doesn't take shit from no one. And <laughs> I'm on this quest with my dad and it's just, it's so great. Michael Perry plays my dad and we work so well together. We'll have to do a whole episode just on that. We are going to do that. And 
But we just got back from Vegas because we screened there because uh, Gatto's uh, dad lives in Vegas. He doesn't do a lot of traveling. So we we're like, okay, well, we'll do a screening there. And it was great because, you know, the, the theater, we got pretty close to full. So, phenomenal. Um, That's phenomenal. Great to have some of the casting crew out there. And uh, we were actually doing, um, it hasn't been announced yet. But we just got into Zed Fest, which is a film festival out here in L.A. That's huge. Uh, no- November 4th to the 6th, uh, we're screening Space Wars. So we got in and we're super excited. And I'm every- going to know the date soon. But um, So if anyone wants to come out to see that, they're going to be selling tickets, I'm assuming, in the next week. Ladies and gentlemen, make the effort. Go see it because this girl is phenomenally talented. She's a phenomenal athlete, by the way, too. So you, when she says she's kicking ass, she's kicking ass on screen. That's not a stunt double. She's kicking ass. Uh, yes, yes, I have some really awesome fight scenes in it. And just it's great. And so, so yeah, that one we're going to be having at the film festival soon. Then um, we are wrapping up our latest film from our new production company, Neon Noir. Uh, the movie's called That's a Wrap, and I talked about that a little bit on the last show. Yes, you did. But that one stars uh, Serena Vincent, Monique Parent, myself, uh, Gigi Gustin, a lot of great people. Um, that one Joe Netter wrote, um, and Marcel Walls directed that one. And Joe also wrote Space Wars as well. Yeah, because he's not busy enough either. He's, he's, he, he, <laughs> you he's two, so between you two. He just, wrapped, he just wrapped another film. I know he did. I, I'm not shocked. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, you have to be busy living out here because the rent is so damn high. Touche, <laughs> touche. <laughs> so, so we're, we're, we should have a picture lock this week on That's a Wrap. We're very excited about it. So we're going to start, um, uh, we're in, the middle of talking to some distro companies right now and so we're, we're looking to move pretty quick on that and uh we have big plans for it and we are also uh, screening that one soon as well so we'll, a private industry screening so it'll be fun to see what people think and you know it's always great to be in a room watching the movie with you know people who haven't seen it with cast and crew and and friends and you know to hear people's reactions it's always fun oh completely you need you, you need to it on the big screen all your hard work. It's oh, like, of course, that's the payoff. It it really is. It really is. So we're gonna have to have you. We're gonna come back. We're gonna do two episodes. We're gonna do one on Space Wars and one on That's a Wrap. That's as we're gonna have to. And, and, and we'll have to get Joe on with me. Yes, I would love that. Let's do that. Let, let's yeah. let's absolutely do that. Um, but yeah. Uh, so people can find me on Instagram. That's what I was just gonna ask you. Sarah French online and you can also find me on Facebook as well Sarah French um and like I said I'm I'm always promoting I'm always there's always something new going on so yes there is <laughs> this is truer words were never spoken yes. Sarah I love you so much thank you for doing this as always you are a delight and you are again one of my dearest friends and I my life is better because I know you. So thank you for this. Same, same, Brian. Thank you so much. And guys, check out Curse of Robert the Doll, now streaming on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. That is perfect. Hold on one second, Sarah. For Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. For Sarah French, we'll see you next week.